Riding with Velvet Tom. And now, your host with really bad timing, Velvet Tom. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, good whenever you're listening to this. I hope you're listening to this. This is Bad Timing with Velvet Tom. I'm your host, lover, loser, legend, Velvet Tom, intercontinental lounge singer, uh, just a joy to have around, a peach, if you will. I'm glad you're listening to this podcast. I hope that you like what you hear from this podcast because it's just a series of conversations with friends of mine in the entertainment industry special interest, all sorts of fun stuff. So just kick back and enjoy those conversations because I started this podcast during the COVID-19 pandemic. So hence bad timing, really. This is really bad timing to be doing a podcast, but I guarantee there's probably about a thousand new podcasts out there since this started. And uh, I guess that's okay. You know, that entertainment is essential too. This entertainment is essential too. So, gives you something to listen to. Eventually, you're going to run out of Netflix. You're going to come to the end of Hulu. You're going to be looking for new content. And that's why I'm here. Velvet Tom, your white knight. What movie is that from? Anyway, uh, just for those folks who uh, are feeling a lot of uncertainty and powerlessness and you're scared and you're frightened and that might be turning into anger, I feel your pain, but stay inside. Wash your hands. I'm not going to tell you what to do. I've been cooking uh, I've been learning the guitar, and I still don't know how to play anything. I have been baking. We're having a lot of fun over here in Velvet Land, and we're getting through. And I'd love to hear from you. So visit my website, velvettom.com. Go to my contact page. Send me a message telling me what you're doing to stay motivated, to keep your mind off of the, let's be honest, folks, mass casualties from this pandemic that are happening on a daily basis all over the world, not to mention the United States of America. Uh, But please visit the website. That'll take you everywhere you need to go. It'll take you to my Facebook page. That'll take you to... Instagram, that'll take you to my Twitter. However, I don't spend a lot of time on Twitter because, quite frankly, it's Thunderdome over there. Uh, It will take you to YouTube, which my episodes will be posted to. And you can see them in sort of an audio-visual format. More about that later. And if you like what you see, you like what you're hearing, and you want to hear more of it, hey, I'm a one-man band. I'm recording this. I'm producing it. Hear that feedback? Yeah, it's an old mic, but you do with what you have. So if you'd like to throw me a couple of ducats, I know times are tough right now, 
but for those folks who can, Venmo me at Velvet hyphen Tom on Venmo. Love to interact with you. Can't wait for us to have some conversations. Don't be a weirdo or you'll be blocked. My guest today for episode one of Bad Timing with Velvet Tom needs an introduction because no one hardly knows his brilliance. Whitney Milton, a stand-up comic, a comedic writer, a graphic artist, a journeyman, really, an all-around wonderful fellow, one of my best friends, the nicest guy in L.A. comedy you'll ever meet. And you know what? There's more of them than you'd think, really. Yeah, we're all kind of in it for ourselves, but still, we found a way to be civil. Whitney Milton transcends that. Now, I am his neighbor. Uh, I am entrusted with his apartment keys and his car keys. That's the level of our relationship. We co-host a monthly variety comedy show called Robot Party. And we put that on at the clubhouse in Los Feliz every second Thursday of the month. But we had to cancel our show too. We had to cancel it like everything else got canceled. Once the NBA canceled, that's when we knew we need to cancel our show. And we were coming to a year. We were almost at a year anniversary. It was a very important show for us. But we had to cancel. What are you going to do? You got to do your part. I hope you're doing your part. But this is a wonderful conversation. We did the Zoom thing. This is the audio version. If you want to see more, there'll be special video clips coming down the pike. But right now, listen to this wonderful conversation I have with my dear friend and soon-to-be comedy legend, Whitney Melton. How you doing? How's how things been going? Uh, things have been going. It looks like we're both uh, growing quarantine beards. Yes. <laughs> Though you still have color in yours, so congratulations. Oh, this is just for men gray. I put it in oh! to age it. Yes. I thought about getting some of that. I thought about checking it out, but uh, I've been too lazy. And that's <clears throat> the thing about when you are by yourself, there's no point in doing any of it. You know what I mean? Yes. So it's, you've only been doing anything essential. Have you, did you yeah. sneak out at all for a hike or anything like that? No, no. I went, I went, uh, I went to mail something the other day. And by the way, the, the post office was packed. I was, I was expecting, you know, all oh, they say it's going out of business and shit. There were 40 people there. Which, uh, which one was this? The Vermont? Yeah. The one in Vermont. Yeah. Uh, it was packed to the gills. Uh, so, uh, I mailed something and then I went for a little drive cause I haven't been, I hadn't been for a drive in, you know, weeks and I got on the freeway and it, there's tons of cars. <laughs> it's like, I thought this would be completely empty. I mean, it, it feels more like an LA on Sunday, you know, where there's still cars. It's still kind of busy. 
Or it's LA at Christmas time all the time. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, it's it like, was, but people are still here. Yeah, yeah. It was it was surprising how many people were still going about their day, and probably a third of them were people like me that were just kind of out exploring, seeing what the world looked like outside of their apartment. But that's really it. That and I went to. I've been to the grocery store a few times, but that's I. I haven't gone on a hike or a bike ride or anything. I've been real. I've been a real piece of shit by not of not leaving the house. <laughs> well, that's good. You know, I mean, it's probably good that you just uh, stay put as best as you can. Yeah, I just I I don't want to accidentally pass it on and feel guilty and all that kind of shit. So it's just it's just easier to 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 stay home. And I got some booze and I had it delivered, so that was my first time I've ever used DoorDash. <laughs> and I I got I think it was DoorDash, one of them. Uh, but I got a month of booze delivered. So, uh, that's, that's the only real interactions I've had with people. Is have, and I had weed delivered too. So only oh, having yeah. Yeah. No, I've, I've still been going to the dispensary, but uh, since it's California and illegal and legal, mm. uh, I will admit that I've been going back and forth between the two apartments. So the one where mm. you're my neighbor and then, mm. Uh, where me and my wife live, which is just a matter of five minutes. It's a five-minute drive. I mean, really, right, right. Not very far. I was supposed to uh, get a renter in there and start subleasing my room. Oh, really? And uh, eventually transitioning out of that place. But then, of course, the quarantine and shelter at place hit, and no one was going anywhere. So I decided, well. I'm going to make my bedroom a grow house. <laughs> oh, no way. Yeah, so I went and got a couple of, uh, I found some clones in North Hollywood, and I'm growing. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. And so what's the plan when it's, what, what, yeah, what's the plan? How does this work? Well, to not go to do a dispensary for a while, I think, you know. <laughs> I mean, is it is it to sell back or is it all for you? No, I think it would be no, it's just all it's just all for consumption, you know. Gotcha. And I have some clones too to give some people. So if you want to grow some weed out on your balcony. That's awesome. Have you ever done that before? No, this is my first experience, but you know, I'm trying to trying to be attentive to them, but I clipped off some clones yesterday. So that's the stage that I'm in, but they probably won't flower for a while. What, what is a while? Weeks or months or? Weeks, you know. Uh, oh, really? Okay. You know, hopefully, hopefully not months, you know. And do you have the, the grow lights and the, the, all the hydroponic Dude, stuff? I found a lot of great deals. I found a lot of great, <laughs> a lot of great sales. So that's so cool. Set up a mini grow and make use of that place you know they just put in new, awesome. they just put in new windows at that apartment too you know oh my god that's so great so they're that's reinvesting great. money in the minute, middle of a quarantine so you know right my roommate right. over there she was telling me that there were three workers in our apartment really yeah installing new windows so yeah i noticed uh, a friend of mine's looking for an apartment and there's actually some there's four now available in my building. And I looked on apartments.com and this, the neighborhood actually has a lot of apartments that appear to be maybe a little cheaper than they were three months ago. 
Uh-huh. So I just assume that no one's moving into LA right now. So there's not the, that level of demand that there was. Yeah. And so no one should be going anywhere. I don't right. know what anybody would be thinking, you know, and I, I mean, escape from LA. Yes. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. This, this probably is the best time for a while to get a place, new place. Uh, and all it took was a worldwide pandemic to get LA prices to drop just a little bit. <laughs> that'd be great for some real estate to drop you know i mean we'd love to buy a house around here but yeah yeah it might awesome. be an uh it might be a thing to check in the next month or two i know that the the interest rates are very low so uh i i've seen i i mean i've seen condos i don't know if you guys are looking at condos i've seen condos in north hollywood for like around two hundred thousand, like yeah. a one bedroom yeah. like that's the cheapest i've ever seen it in l.a but I just always assume anything that cheap, probably there was a murder. Yeah, yeah, no, there's, yeah, there's permanent stains in the flooring, you know. Either. Yeah, there's anything that's, that's like, uh, if it's too good to be true in, as housing in Los Angeles, that means someone was gunned down there. Uh, and or there's a ghost. NoHo, we're talking NoHo Arts District, you know, we're talking, you know, probably right. around all the hustle and bustle. Uh, so what else is going on? Tell me about, uh, tell me about oh. your podcast. I, what, what's, what's, how's this? Well, welcome. You are my first guest on Bad Timing with Velvet Tom. Yay! Thank you very much. I'm very flattered. Isn't the, isn't this the worst time just to start a podcast? Yes and no. I think all, all the top, all the, the projects that a lot of us have had that we kicked down the road for years, it's like, all right, this is, what else am I going to fucking do? Seriously, <laughs> all I have is time. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I literally cannot come up with enough excuses to kill 16 hours. So I might as well do that thing that I've been talking about doing. Well, let's see, that includes this, you know, mm -hmm. and I know that I tried to talk you into, uh, you know, a Zoom platform robot party show, but I think ultimately it's a horrible idea. And I don't know about I don't know about that. I just don't know. All I keep hearing about are these Zoom comedy shows getting uh, uh, hecklers. People like, <laughs> have you heard of this? this like, it, it's that if you if you make it where you don't have a password, knuckleheads find out about it, and then they come on and they hide their picture, and then they just shout the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a real comedy yeah no it's it's weird it's like <laughs> they have and they've made it worse and then and so i so i was just like i don't know how to deal with that and i guess now people just have to give out passwords uh which is you know not as cool but still that you know keeps <laughs> idiots from fucking ruining it but in a weird way I'm, I'm almost like you know god bless idiots for figuring out a new way to ruin something Seriously, I tell you what, trolls be trolling. Yeah. There's just nothing to stop the troll. Exactly, exactly. There, there's something charming about that sort of 15-year-old boy mentality that's just never going to quit. Just always going to figure out how can I, how can I ruin this? How can I make? How can I ruin somebody's day? Yeah, it's yeah. A, it's on a day-by-day -day basis, really. Yeah, yeah. So tell me about what, what was the, uh, what, what's. What's your, does your podcast have a theme? Does it have a... Uh... No, this is just, it's horrible timing. And, you know, I just wanted to have conversations. So I just wanted to have gotcha. conversations with people that, uh, you know, I 
obviously work with in the arts community, so I want to visit that. Special nice. interest, you know, so I'd like to talk uh, with some people who do uh, other things besides play instruments or make people laugh. Nice. And that'll be uh, coming up in future episodes, but I thought we'd just sit here and chat and conversate, find out where you came from and how you got here. Shoot the shit. to the point that we met, because, you know, I'd I'd have to say that we are are very good friends. Yeah. What was it, six or seven years, I think, we met ago? Yeah, let's call it seven. Yeah, six. Yeah, about 2014 is when I waltzed into Mouthy Pants to do an open mic. Aha. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I, I think the first time I remember you in the sort of like, oh, this is a person here. Uh, we were at the Hollywood Hotel and you had your bike and I put it in my car and we drove home. And then we realized, oh, my God, we're literally right down the street from each other. Yes. Yes. So. Thanks for the ride home too. I don't yeah, know. it's a, a Honda Element. That's what they're good for. Seriously, I like how the seats like push up onto the. That's side. exactly, exactly. Always, always can help out in a pinch. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah. And that, do you know? Do they do mics? I mean, obviously, right not now they don't. But do they still do mics at the hotel? Because that was such a central place for so long. I think the last time. I heard anything going on at the hotel was Jonathan David's character show. Okay. And then I never ever saw any listings for, for open mics there. I, I just don't think, uh, I don't know. The room is after the configuration of yeah. the room, it just isn't the same. Heartbreaking. It, it, yeah, it's yeah. absolutely heartbreaking. I mean, it looks, it looks on paper nicer, but it just ruined the idea of that room as a performance space. It's so, so, so tragic. It really was. Yeah. I'm, I, I, I guess I understand what they were trying to do, but you yeah. know, reconfiguring the room, the bar area is really nice. And yeah. as but, a bar, it is probably a nicer space for a bar. Yes. As a comedy venue, it is no longer what it was before, which was just a dirt bag black box theater it was it was a moldy awful yeah. place where suspect things happened on yeah. sometimes a nightly basis and yeah that's the way it should have been left what but, was the what was the banner behind the stage I, i'm trying to remember what that was now it was i don't know was it radio was it a radio station was it uh I feel call like it was for some 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 sort of alcohol but i can't remember what it was now I can't there's either. Probably, there's probably pictures out there of it. Well, it was also, what was the name of that room? That room had a name. It was named like, was it the W.C. Fields room? Was that what it was? That, that, that sounds right. I think so. Because so I know all those that, back rooms. I think has been removed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, uh, it's, it's, it's very much like one of those, uh, like, paved paradise, put up a parking lot. Like where you, you really... Like when you were there, you're just like, oh, it's the hotel. You kind of make fun of it. Uh, and then now that it's gone, it's like, oh, I miss the hotel. <laughs> yes. It, it's, it really was one of those sort of things that was a moment in time that will just is not going to be able to be back, which it's is a downer. Not. But, you know, I it's guess not. that is the story of Hollywood. 
I gotta, you know, I mean, I gotta hand it to people who kept on doing shows, even when they took it over, when they took it over into the ballroom off to the side. Right, right. And, you know, there's just pipe and drape up all over the place, you know, it's just. (laughs) Yeah, that, that place was, that was somehow even better though than what it is now. Like, like it they, they, it was slowly went down. It was like the older room and then the, the ballroom and then what it is now. Uh, but yeah, that, that back room, they had, I don't know if you were there whenever they did like real shows where they would have the, the, the big lights in the back. They, they had a big spotlight, but it was from like the fifties <laughs> uh, and it was, it was so bright uh, that it, it looked like, you know, when there was like anti-aircraft carrier light, it was like one of those sort of things. Oh my gosh. Really? Yeah. It was, yeah, it was pretty great. It was Just pretty a great. floodlight yeah. shining. Yeah, exactly. 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 <laughs> It, it did a terrible job, and but it was also kind of charming in how uh, bad it was at its job. I miss that place. There's a lot of I miss the Lotus Lounge too, which was right yeah. across the street from Hollywood Hotel. Yeah, that was another good neighborhood place. But I think uh, Other Door was was where I met you first. And yeah, I think that, that... We had inroads with Copeland. We were both all we were all really good friends with. Uh, Copeland, who since moved to New York, and were you? And, and I, I apologize if I uh, if I mix this up. You're from Kansas City, and then yeah. you lived in Chicago for a little bit. Did yes, and then and Las then, Vegas. In Vegas, and then here, and then here, yeah. And how long were you in Chicago for? Nine years. All right, okay, that's nine, maybe that's, ten. You know, I've, like, I got to. I'm going to do the exact math, but yeah, almost ten years. Okay, and uh, that. As I understand it, the, the, the improv, that's an improv town. Would that be a fair oh, thing to say? Yeah, yeah. And did all of that, ran the gambit on that. So did uh, comedy sports, you know, which was mm-hmm. competitive improv, uh, did a lot of that. Improv Olympic and uh, conservatory classes with Second City, which eventually I ended up performing with Second City in Las Vegas. Oh, really? Oh, that's right. That's right took annoyance theater classes but never did any shows with them but you know that's a pretty prominent theater in chicago and uh all those theaters are still standing in chicago they've moved locations a couple of them you know since i've left which was 2004 so i haven't been back i think i've only visited chicago twice in that time yeah, I think 2004 is the last time I was in Chicago as well. Yeah, uh, it just doesn't come on my radar. 2007, I did a, I did a comedy festival uh, called Snub Fest, and it was uh, the promoter of that, Angie McMahon, uh, started Snub Fest because her troupe kept on getting snubbed from the bigger improv festivals. <laughs> So she totally started a uh, grudge comedy festival and asked if I wanted to bring me in the Velveetas. That's hilarious. And uh, my musician, uh, Steph McCullough, who has opened up a theater called Mint, which is a musical improv theater. So so she did musical improv there. So that was sort of the last time that I ever performed there. Actually, that was videoed by some guy i don't know have you ever have you ever known a a new york comic his name's jim mandrinos does that name at all sound familiar it does not unfortunately or fortunately i don't know the story yet 
Now you did New York. You you lived in New York. Were you doing stand up in New York too? Did you do it briefly for for about a year and a half, maybe two years? I was in the that comedy universe. I, I wasn't nearly to the extent that I am out here. So what happened in New York? Now where did you go? Come from? Now you came from your Arkansas. Arkansas. I'm from Arkansas originally. Well, I was born in Florida, but uh, grew up. I, we moved to Arkansas. I moved the family to Arkansas when I was three months old. Uh, and <laughs> you did. Yeah, I, I, that was my call. That was my decision. <laughs> the, the air was better in Arkansas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, then I went to Florida. What's up? Born in Florida. Born in Florida, Winter Park, oh, but, Florida, which is but, uh, mm-hmm. outside of Orlando. Oh, okay. No, my dad, my dad was in the military and he was stationed there. And so, uh, okay. Uh, and so then, yeah, grew up in Arkansas and then uh, moved to New York when I went to college and stayed there and then lived in Boston for two years. Boston. And, okay. Yeah. In Boston for a couple of years and then back to New York. And then I was there for, I don't know, seven or eight years and then out here since. Even Italy. 2004, 2005, somewhere like that. Uh-huh. I, I feel like that's the, the LA sort of path usually has a couple of spokes on it. You know, it's, it's usually not a direct from wherever you're at, wherever you're from to LA. It's usually for wherever you're from and then side city and then maybe one other side city and then finally you move to LA. If you're smart and motivated, then after theater school, you go to L.A., you know, (laughs) I think I think is uh, I though I'm glad I'm glad the path that I took. I'm glad that I hung out in Chicago for a little while and kept training. You know, I I felt like, you know, a Jedi who was just never, ever really done. Right, right. I feel like I don't know. I feel like L.A. would have been too intimidating in in a way, even though I was in New York. Because I had gone to college in New York. New York wasn't that intimidating, I guess you could say. Uh, L.A. seemed just like, L.A., it's this other universe. Very much so. Really tried to put it off as much as I could. Because, you know, I mean, as a really young person, I think I would have said yes to a lot of awful things. (laughs) (laughs) There would have been the Velvet Porn series. There might. There might have been. There might still be. I don't know. (laughs) We'll... (laughs) <laughs> this is porn's got to go in some direction at this point. So that that's your other pandemic project is finally get around to that porn series. I was thinking about it really kicking the can uh, down the road for you. There is a porn element. There's a comedy porn element that uh, will take place on TikTok, but I need to figure out what that is first. So. It, is, it is surprising that no one ever really cracked the porn comedy nugget. Ha ha. Uh, but you know what I mean? That, that that never became a thing. I think there was always the idea that that would be a thing, that there would be some sort of sitcom or funny movie that was also a porn. But I don't think it's ever really come to fruition. Who's the who's the porn star? He's still alive. He's got a big schwanz. I can't even... Is it Ron Jeremy? Ron Jeremy. That's what it is. My wife is saying Ron Jeremy. <laughs> Yes, Ron Jeremy, you know, Ron Jeremy was supposed to be sort of the comic relief of porn, but he right. also could have sex too. You right, know, he could right. also do the actual porn <coughs> stuff. Also from A Christmas Story, Scotty Schwartz, 
the kid who got his tongue stuck to the pole. Yeah. Now, apparently he did a stint of in porn for a little while. Wow. And, and he was supposed to be meant as like this, ee, oh, you know, kind of giggity, giggity porn guy. And hmm. so you can find Scotty Schwartz in porn. Wow. I, uh, I, I actually, uh, uh, our friend Danielle Soto, who, uh, Hope she's listening. Hey, oh yeah. Friend. Speaking of porn. Yes. Yeah. Speaking of porn. Uh, at her, her <laughs> old apartment building on the roof, they had a, a swimming pool and a hot tub. And one of her neighbors was friends with Ron Jeremy. And so he hung out on that roof occasionally. So I, I actually got to see Ron Jeremy a few times in, in the flesh. Ha ha. <laughs> and the two things I remember, uh, one was him sitting by himself uh, at a table eating a bucket of Kentucky fried chicken, which just was gross, but also perfect. <laughs> Talking about living your true life. <laughs> exactly. I'm doing whatever I want. Uh, the second thing was, and this was a couple of years ago, not maybe three years ago, he had a flip phone. And that just, that weirded me out that someone would have a flip phone three years ago. And I guess, you know, some people have them because they're old and they, you know, they have the jitterbugs or whatever, those sort of the phone, old cell phones for old people. Okay. He's not that old. And some people have flip phones because of the privacy issue, but he doesn't seem like a guy who cares about privacy. So I, I didn't understand that. That weirded me out. There is a documentary that you can watch. I'm, I'm basically your Netflix directory, you know, <laughs> The documentary you can watch about Ron Jeremy, uh, his appointment book is a notebook and he writes all of his appointments down there along with material. But he, he, at least up until 2007, was completely analog. So I'm really? not surprised in any way that he graduated probably to a flip phone. <laughs> From, you That's know, why. just having a landline. I also heard the rumor that he lives, uh, he lives across the street uh, from Cafe 101. They're those uh, Hollywood Tower apartments. Oh, the Hollywood Tower, really? And he was, uh, he was rumored to have the, the very top penthouse apartment. And that's where he got in. He got in like way early, like 80s. And that's where he's Really? At. Yeah. Oh, wow. Although that's, I cannot confirm it, but that is the, that's the Hollywood rumor. I mean, we could uh, do a, a, a wacky hijinks food delivery thing, see if we could get to his door. Well, yeah, I would, I don't even know what the hell he's doing right now, you know, I mean, I hope he's still doing porn stuff, but nobody's doing anything. That's the one thing I would, I, I, would, assume, no, I would assume right now, I would hope. Hope that, uh, but that's interesting. I don't know. I don't know if it's a if it's a judgy thing. If you're you're supposed to judge people by their phones, uh, I don't know where we're at on the society with that. But I, I, I definitely find that I do. If I see somebody with a, a, a like a flip phone, or I saw, I remember one time a guy asked me to take his uh, picture with his phone, uh -huh. and he handed me the phone. And he had a case that did not fit the phone that he had kind of taped onto it. Oh dear. And I, I was like, all right, come on guys. Let's, I, cases are $5. I mean, I understand. Technology together folks. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is weird. So I, that's, I try not to be too judgy except when it comes to 
cell phones? Uh, you know, I was pretty judgy. We just got done watching all of West Wing. Oh, sure, it sure. Started it a while ago. It hit the back burner uh, because British baking took uh, forefront mm. for a while. So we did British baking for a while. But then after British baking was all over, plus some other stinker baking shows that I will not recommend. Okay. Yeah, don't even yeah. say their names. We decided I'm not. I can't. I can't speak of them. Uh, but then we started, we recommitted to West Wing and that was all flip phones. That was <laughs> crazy. I, I would say that 80% of scenes from season three on to the end took place on phones. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, and this was before texting too, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you were texting, it was that T9 texting, like that predictive, the, the old right, right. predictive texting. How does, uh, how does West Wing hold up? Uh, you know, I mean, it's, uh, it's awful schmaltzy and, you know, it's kind of the schmaltzy political world you want to be living in right now. Sure, sure. But they did, I mean, when you think about it, they did everything. They put that they put that Oval Office through every pace, the 25th, invoking the 25th Amendment and, mm -hmm. and uh, impeachment over censure. And, you know, he was always in the war room going into war. You know, majority of the scenes took place in that. So experiencing what we're going on with, where it's just rope-a-dope whack-a-mole every day right. from from the current administration, it feels like he is trying to do every West Wing episode, but it's shitty people instead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the I, I, administration. I've thought of this before that the Trump administration would have made such a great show on HBO. It would have been so good as a dramedy, like a Sopranos, like comedy but with violence and stuff like that <laughs> that would have been my favorite show ever a show about donald trump as president and how bad he is i would have loved that show yes. but in reality it's just awful it is it's it's awfulness and i know that not everybody listening will agree with that but they they must have some sense just yeah how sure sure i i I think we're down to like in the, the mid thirties now of support. So hopefully most people oh are also in that sort of, Oh, this, this was funny three years ago when everything was going fine. When things aren't going fine, this isn't so much funny anymore. Now, uh, New York, you were there for nine 11. Yeah. I sure was. Now I happened to be there for nine 11 from Chicago. We were doing, we were doing a gig at the Javits Center. So you really? and I were in the same city at the same time. I don't think, I do not think I realized this. And that was sort of day the earth stood still. I'm assuming the gig got canceled after the... Oh, the... yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, like on our way. A couple of us, a couple of us were late to the gig because we uh, slept through our uh, wake-up call and alarms. So... <laughs> That's, that was one of, that was me, one of, one of them and uh, another cat. And so we were late. So our, uh, our producer was already pretty mad at us <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so he's like pounding on our door 
and he was and he's like he's pretty upset with us and we're in a cab on the way to the Javits Center and we were at the Park Hyatt at this point it was like 7:30 in the morning and we were groggy and we had all sorts of things to learn and we were over there rehearsing and everything and that's when we heard something had happened that a plane had hit one of the towers that's when the IATSE guys were there, the riggers that were hanging lights and trying to get all the set pieces. They had access to the roof, so they took us all up to the roof because... Oh, really? Yeah, because once, once, uh, once the plane reported every... Once they, there was reports of the plane, they shut everything down. Mm. So we were all sort of trapped at the Javits Center, but some of us went up to the roof. But I remember our, our producer actually said something. He was like, boy, you know, if today didn't happen, I'd still be pretty angry with you. <laughs> he, he was like, like, thank God for 9-11. Be lucky 9-11 happened, guys. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? <laughs> at least that's how I perceived it at the time. But And I was. I was, I, I was very... Uh, but that was a weird experience. Were you stuck in the city for a couple of days or did you get Yeah, we were at the Park Hyatt for a few days and our hotel had to be evacuated a couple of times. Like really? To go off, yeah. Uh, now, uh, trolls, that was probably the golden age of teenagers calling in bomb threats to hotels too. Oh, probably, yeah. I mean, but they made it, the way the local news was talking about it, because I remember like the TV screens were all sort of blaring the same national or local news, but mm. it's like, if you have any tips whatsoever, it's almost like the racial profiling started immediately. Right. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> there. absolutely. Where were you during all of that? Uh, I was at work actually. And I, we, I was on like the 30th floor and we had a South facing windows. So we could see the whole thing from, our work desks, wow. uh, which is weird. What's weird, one of the weirdest things about it now is how I've seen it on TV so many times, mm-hmm. but it's hard to remember what my memory of it is versus what the TV version of it is. Does that make sense? Because I saw it one time with my own eyes mm-hmm. and I've seen it on TV, you know, ten, not tens of thousands, hundreds of times. So it's kind of like, muddled the memory of it yeah i mean a lot of years have gone by i mean this is nice that's also true yeah Um, but yeah no we 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 watched the whole thing from from work which was weird so (laughs) this is uh 9-11 laughter uh it was (laughs) funny though funny haha we went back to brooklyn where i lived at the time and tried to get out of town and my car had been stolen Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> this is this has always been the great mystery for me of 9/11 is was it stolen the night before and I just didn't see it that morning cuz I walked to the subway and it was already gone or did you know everything happen and someone take there's no laws anymore. Do whatever you want. And they, they took it as an opportunity to steal a car. But even then, the car was a 20-year-old minivan. It wasn't like a BMW or something. It was an old white Pontiac Transport minivan. So I don't know. <laughs> There's so many questions I have about this event. 
uh, that I, I don't think will ever be answered. And when it, when we had to call the police, cause you know, you have to report it. That was the most embarrassing phone call. Cause they're like, hi, police. Uh, <laughs> right. I know you've got things on your plate, but right. I know my, your hands are full right now, but my 20 year old minivan went missing. And I wonder <laughs> if you could put that in there and see if you could find it tonight. Just a little grand theft auto. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's yeah, so you I might get lucky. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, <laughs> no, it's uh, that every time though, it's funny because the Pontiac transports are not very common. So every time I see one now, I go over and look at it and see if there's any identifying marks to see if it happens to be mine. <laughs> see if we made it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Get it back like one of those stories about a dog that they, you know, they lose and 20 years later they get him back. I want my transport back. Isn't that something? I had a uh, Chevy Tahoe in Kansas City that got stole twice and I got twice. it back both times. Really? Twice it got stolen. How now how what were the occasions that it got stolen? Okay, well one time I did leave it unattended, uh not running or anything, but I left it unattended in a parking lot. I was unloading some stuff uh at a theater that I was working at in Kansas City. So it was easy to get access to. It's just the anti-theft on this. There was just none. It was an 80 Chevy. So all mm -hmm. they had to do is take a screwdriver, pop open the pop open the column and basically expose the ignition switch and break it off with the key assembly. So basically you can just pull it back with the, uh, with the screwdriver and just take off. Really? So it's like in a movie when someone stolen twice. And what was the second time it got stolen? Uh, second time it got stolen out in front of my apartment building. Broken wow. window, same thing. They broke the column. <laughs> How are, where was it, where were they recovered or where was it recovered at? It was ditched. Oh, really? So it was just a joyride? Yeah. Yeah. Used for a joyride. Lord knows what else, you know, ran. <laughs> I guess it could have been. Times, like I had a whole bunch of stuff. I had a really nice suit and, you know, I had a vintage Zippo lighter, you know, all those things were gone. But I remember there was one time where they found it and they found it in the parking lot of a Walmart supercenter somewhere out in Raytown, Missouri. So Okay. Know. Was there a point when you thought, I got to keep this car forever because there's no way it's going to get stolen a third time? <laughs> or was it the opposite where you're like, all right, two, two thefts is enough? No, I, dr I drove that thing to death. That thing did not make it through one Chicago winter and then it was done. Oh, really? So I got it to Chicago. I got it to Chicago, and then I remember I didn't drive it all winter, and it was just covered in ice. It was just, there's a picture. I have one picture of it where uh, you see the pictures of cars covered in ice because Michigan Avenue shores mm -hmm. blow up on it, and then the water just freezes over the car. That was my Chevy Tahoe. Oh, no. I have a picture of it where it's just an outline, an ice outline, just... <laughs> Damn, then did you just take it to the, 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 the junker? And uh, Well, you know, I was in Chicago at that time, and I found out that I have a cousin who is a car dealership, who owns a car dealership in the Chicago suburbs. So that's how I got hooked up. Mm. 
How did we get on uh, car theft? Oh, that my, my, my minivan was stolen. Oh, that's right. So, and if anybody out there, 1991 Pontiac Transport White, you see one? We're still looking for it. Still looking for it. Want to bring my baby home. I want to bring it home. Oh my gosh, I just can't believe in all of that. Yeah, it's it's a it's a ridiculous, and I didn't have insurance because well, I, you know, you had collision insurance, but I didn't have theft insurance because I parked it on the street in Brooklyn, and I it was like three hundred dollars a month or something like that, so it just wasn't worth it. Right. So it was so it was just gone. But but it's one of those things though where you kind of take you know I don't know if you remember at the time. It was one of those deals where like a lot of things were put in perspective. You know, my car got stolen and that's okay. It was definitely compared to what could have happened. Right. It was really not that big of a deal. Uh, yeah. No complaints really. Uh, count your blessings. Exactly. Exactly. This is, this is, this is, even at the time I knew this was going to be kind of a quirky story as time went along. Uh, that being said, it would have been really nice to have gotten out of the city that weekend. But what are you going to do? <laughs> it would have been a great to escape. I, I think we eventually, we ended up staying in for a few days before we got the picture, before I think we were allowed to escape. Because the Park Hyatt's right next to Grand Central Station. It's like right mm -hmm. across the street from it. Mm -hmm. So we took a train to Connecticut and then we rented... We rented cars and then drove home to Chicago from Connecticut. So yeah, we eventually escaped, but it, it took a while. To <laughs> Were you able to perform at all or was the whole thing kind of a wash? Oh no, no, it was a total wash. It was a total wash and thank goodness. I mean, it was just, <laughs> I think we eventually had to do it. I think there was like eventually a small cast where they said, hey, we want to revive the, uh, the bit and it was for it was for a printing and copying company printers you know we're still worrying about documents and these big machines and everything and then soon after that everything everybody was going paperless and everybody was going digital so the whole so you guys were performing to like a dunder mifflin sort of situation. it was it was we would stand up there and go hey meet the blankety blank uh, model number it sports <laughs> and staples and and collates and reverses and and does all sorts of things. I mean, it was it was all boring stuff, and it was all very very copy heavy. So we had to memorize we had to memorize these scripts with just jargon and jargon and jargon. Oh wow! You know, eventually they toned it down. Like we begged our producer. I was like, you got to take it back. They got to be okay with us not saying this much. <laughs> <laughs> it but, can't be you know, apparently the people they sell to eat up all of that information. Really? I guess. Yeah. <laughs> it has a twofold bicarb manifold. Oh, oh those oh, are good. Oh, you know, I one of those for a while. And it, it was like these little vignettes where the lights would open up on us and it would just be like a scene starting oh, wow. and then we would just go into this very, very dry, not very funny sketch. They didn't want funny. They wanted data. But it reminds me of like, did you ever watch Star Search? Yeah. Growing up? 
remember they always had the spokes actors they always had like the the best female actor the best (laughs) they would like do these they would like do these edited interps of neil simon plays for the audience but that's what it was like it would like they'd be like frozen in tableau and then the lights would come on and then we'd continue into acting and that's oh wow yeah it's terrible I genuinely want to see this now. That's that sounds amazing. It sounds it's like some sort of weird ride at Disneyland or something like that from the fifties. It would have been. It felt very animatronic because we were like up on platforms with the product. <laughs> Did you do other ones of those, or is that the only one you ever got? Oh, a- yeah, yeah. I got a whole. I got a whole career of corporate entertainment, Whitney. That would bore you the teeth out of your head so. oh my god this the, i this honestly sounds pretty great i mean i understand probably great for three or four minutes and then i'm like okay i get the, the uh, you know i mean just perform for thousands of people i mean mostly drug companies like you know perform for all the beer, big ones like you know Merck and lily and shearing plow and you know do their national wow. sales meetings and those things were just off the hook so much money spent pyrotechnics inside of a ballroom inside of ballrooms you really know, we're just talking like a hotel somewhere in orlando that you know that the tinder box anyway and here you are setting off like wow flames and it would always be welcome your ceo chad chadwick <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. That's nuts. Yeah. Uh, but I'm those were the days, man. I mean, those were the days, man. They were great. I'm going to have to go on YouTube later and see if I can find some of these because it just sounds beautiful. I bet you could. I mean, you could probably find some, you could probably find some national sales meetings from the late nineties, early two thousands. <laughs> <laughs> That's the sort of stuff you come across when you go to like thrift stores and you're going through the VHS you're like, what is this? Like, oh wow. Oh that sort of stuff. This is very interesting. So let me can I, can I ask you a question about your beard? Because we're yeah, both growing beards out. Uh, I don't know yeah. if it's got to that. Do you put anything in it or do you do you, is it all natural? There's this tea tree soap that comes in a bar. Okay. My wife under uh, uh discovered, and so I just use that. So I mean, but you hmm. just let it soften up. it up a little bit. Uh, I guess I don't know. You know, are is are you still going through an itchy phase? Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's very itchy. I just touch it all the time. I mean, yeah. It's very I, hard to not interact with it literally all day long. I do. I massage it, but they say keep your hands away from your face. Yeah, but I don't that. think it's going to be any different because once I shave it, I'll touch my face going. You know, thinking that it's still there, I'll have like phantom beard for. Right, right, right. Like, Anyway. Yeah, I, I put some moisturizer in it, and that seemed to make it a little less crazy itchy. Didn't know. Yours looks very nice, so I just want to know if you had any any tips. But the tea tree oil, that sounds like a good idea. Uh, yeah, it's this tea tree shampoo. It doesn't really have much of a scent, which is good because that's all. it's always pretty uh, potent, that scent. But I also comb it too. Like I got a fine, I got a fine comb. So oh, you've got the comb. I don't have a comb or anything. I, I haven't done any touch up either. Uh, very little. I pretty much just let everything grow out. The brows, the ears, the nose hairs. <laughs> 
I've I've let all of my velvet manscaping go away, which is fine. I don't, you know, I don't really. Care. When when do you think uh, your jobs will come back? I'm not total doom and gloom, but really, uh, Universal Studios they they're pushing May 31st, but I have a feeling that that's going to be pushed out. You know, peak won't happen. I'm I'm not looking until August. Oh, really? You think that long? I, I think that that sure is a safe bet. And if people keep on reopening their states, you know, it's only going to prolong it longer. But No, you think there's going to be one of those sort of I second mean, we, wave sort of things? We could get lucky. Uh, you know, as many people that I do see on the streets, and as many cars as I see going by right now <laughs> outside the window, uh, we seem to be doing a good job. I don't know how or why because... I'll drive past I'll drive past Griffith Park and see people laying in the grass just like multiple really and everything. it's crazy it's like oh my god yeah but compared to the rest of the United States we are doing yeah relatively speaking yeah yeah I, I the June 1st is the thing I keep hearing sort of bandied about but we'll see maybe uh, I, I think you're probably right the, there's really no real reason to say June 1st other than it's, um, it's a nice thing to say. <laughs> it's so, I think it gives people a certain amount of hope. I think in mid, uh, mid-May, mid there's going to be a like, well, let's, uh, let's try for July 1st. And then, I, probably. Probably, which, you know, I'm trying to be as pragmatic about this as possible, even though just watching the news is an impossible thing to do every day. So, you know. Maybe, yeah, I pretty much gave up on watching the news. So hopefully yeah. there's not anything to know i assume if anything is really important it will trickle its way down to me but yeah it was it was too depressing to watch yeah a little local a little maddo and that's probably about it for now for now even you know i mean there seems to be uh enough print media to keep me busy as well so right 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 stay on top of it yeah, I for my for my full time job, I you know, I think a lot of people that work in offices have kind of realized how we can do most of this remotely. But what I've also found is that I can do most of it in bed. And that's become the hard <laughs> thing is getting out of bed in the morning. Cause I'm like, why do I need to get out of bed? I just grab the laptop and I go to work in yeah. bed. So that's that's become a real challenge for me is coming up with reasons to leave the bed. Do you, uh, well, you made like a little, you have like a little meditation chamber outside of your bedroom. Do you utilize that quite a bit? Like your outdoor space you have? Oh, my, uh, my, my balcony. That sounded way cooler than it is. I, I, <laughs> uh, no, you know, what's funny is I, I really haven't been spending much time on the balcony that much. Like I said, the, the bed has been pretty much all I need. <laughs> it, it's been, it's been that, and uh, I have a very nice massage chair. It's a, a back and forth between those two. Those are those are my those are my big places. I like to spend a lot of my time these days. I think you should just bring the cooler into the bedroom. Just complete the cycle. <laughs> Go anywhere. I got one of those those foam mattress pads. I don't know if you guys have those things. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, a, it's a game changer. Yeah. I, I I was not I didn't know if I was would like it, but it's you're it's like you're sleeping on a pillow. It's it's a, a cloud, if you will. It's magical. I like mine a lot. Uh, I like the one that we have. 
here. The, this bed is just generally comfortable. I had to take a drill to the to the bed frame the other day because it's those slats, you know, mm -hmm. it's like IKEA slats, and they kept on falling down. So I had to secure that. And now that I don't have any problems, because sometimes I'll just slip sleep there and and like get totally comfortable, and all of a sudden, like my legs will fall out because some slats fell down. So. I, I had I had the, I had the IKEA slat problem a few years ago, and I went bananas and just nailed them in, uh, and which is a, the dumbest idea. But at the time, I was so tired of it. I was like, you know what? It's an old bed frame. Whatever. Let's just weld all these things together, and so that works. It's the most hillbilly solution I could possibly come up with, other oh than just gosh. pouring duct tape over it. I have jury rigged most of my bed frames that I've had here. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean, most of the places I've slept are couches. But I mean, when I did have a bed, I was usually holding on to that bed frame. I refuse right. to put my mattress on the floor and do that. I, <laughs> I You're am a not classy a, guy. I'm not a floor mat. I've never been a floor mattress flop house you know i i need some civilization i need my bed sure, sure. up off the ground <laughs> well you know what this has been uh, an hour has gone by i can't really believe it it's uh it's wonderful are there any uh, sentiments you'd like to leave me with any anecdotes any remembrances uh, anything mm. you're looking forward to when all of this is over well i I'm I'm very curious uh, when we are able to go back to bars and do comedy stuff again. Do you think people are going to to hug and be all like, "Oh my God, it's so great to see you," or do you think people are going to keep their distance for six or eight more months until the the vaccine comes? Uh, you know, it, it, I think it all depends on where you are in the world or, you know, even the U.S. I think that we will probably ease back into it. I think we're easier back into it. I think we listen to the calls of, of social distancing, even though I see way too many people out on the streets here. But, right, right. It's uh, wild. It is. It's wild, but still, if, if it's wild out there, imagine where, wherever else it is. Right. So I have feeling that we'll probably, you know, it'll go back to elbows and then it'll go back to fist bumps and then it'll go back to, you know, twiddly fingers like this. Right. And it'll go back to longer handshakes. But I don't know. Some people might have be so starved for it. They might skip the hugging and go directly to the humping, really, you know, I mean, <laughs> I think that I think that that's the real thing is that not so much the the mild form of affections but it's get in me you know i mean that right. sort of it's back to it's back to sex having <laughs> but yeah i'm i'm very curious about when because it's like i said it's going to be a year before there's a vaccine so when we're back to being able to actually interact with each other that is a whole nother thing that we're going to be experiencing I will probably be easing into it. I think probably for, you know, some people in my life, a handshake was overrated anyway. So maybe <laughs> is good enough, really. But maybe, what about your you know, I mean, I imagine, I mean, didn't the, I can't imagine that the Japanese, you know, bow to one another 
because it's some sort of honor thing. It's probably the fact that they don't have to shake each other's hands, you know, that they. Right, right. Yeah, this may have been the death knell of handshakes and other things like that, which is, I, that's fine. I think that you'll find a lot of people were just shaking hands because other people were shaking hands. Right, right. This is what you do, yeah. Relieved that, yeah, this is what we did. You know, this is a very American thing. We often judge people by the firmness of their handshake. Right, right. So now it'll it'll probably be we judge people by the the lingering of their eye contact and (laughs) bow at each other. It'll change in some way. The sharpness of their elbows. I can imagine not hugging anybody anymore. I I feel like it's just going to be like a weird, awkward junior high dance where everybody's going to be like five (laughs) feet away from each other and not knowing if they can interact and what they're supposed to do. And it's just going to be just awkward for about a year. Yeah, what's appropriate, really? Exactly, exactly. What about yourself? Do you have any any, uh, final thoughts I, I just say take advantage of these moments to stay home and stay healthy and to fight boredom. You know, there's there there's plenty of things to do. You know, I'm sure right. I can't imagine people are looking around their cluttered apartments that were cluttered because they just set stuff down while it was just a place to lay their head while they right. went off to their job anyway. I can't imagine people looking around and going, oh, there isn't there's nothing to do. You know, I'm sure there's right. always we something should, to do. Something to very minimum, We should end up with very tidy apartments. Marie Kondo was last mm-hmm. year and now you put, now you, now that's stewed for a year. So right, now right. go ahead and recommit to some of those things. You know, I've been picking up the guitar and. Oh, nice. I've had a long history of picking up the guitar, but never really <laughs> <laughs> producing music from it. So taking advantage of the free lessons that Fender uh, issued. Uh, My wife is baking a lot, so I'm eating a lot of her uh, delicious baking, and that includes jams and desserts and breads. Wow. She's she's perfecting her loaf uh, while during the quarantine. That's amazing. My my attempts at cooking have been mediocre at best, and so I've kind of made peace with the idea that that just might not be my thing. When it comes to cooking, you know, because it is something of substance you need to eat, I challenge you to recommit, Whitney Melton, because we have been making restaurant-level meals here. Wow. Seriously. I mean, I, if I do say so myself, perfectly seasoned, the right temperatures, you know, had a nice little... I'm buying a lot of prosciutto. We have a lot of cheese, so... Oh, fantastic. Now, Right now, the plumbing is backed up with some of the meals that we've had. <laughs> so that's the only thing is that it's good going down, but then like you're on the toilet going, come on, something <laughs> happen. <laughs> but for uh, a while there, we're pretty regular because we have try and, uh, try and do the Whole Foods thing. So <laughs> even when you think it's bad, it's pretty good because you made it. But right, you right. probably leave your bed if you're going to cook. Uh, well thank you for having me on this has been wonderful thank you for coming on i look forward to doing robot party and sharing a stage with you we'll be back again someday i sooner than later we'll make it happen again uh and yeah thank you for having me on this is fantastic uh tell your lovely wife i said hello
Oh yes, I sure will. You can actually, do you want to yell it? She, she can hear you. Hey, it's Whitney. Hello. <laughs> oh, you guys still have a baking pan actually at my place if you need it. Oh yes. Yes. Um, I was just thinking about that. You hold that on, you hold on to that and uh, maybe make some enchiladas. All right. All right. I'll see what I can. Uh, maybe I'll try to, to impress you guys and, and cook up something nice and cheesy. Challenge to you. All right. I love all right. you. Here. Love you. Have a great one, guys. Bye. 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 <laughs> so velvet. What a velvety conversation. Thank you, Whitney Melton, for being my first guest on Bad Timing with Velvet Tom. It was a pleasure to talk to you. Now, that conversation, admittedly, was recorded some time ago. As you're listening to it, you realize, wait, it's already mid-May. I understand that. Sorry for the delay, but being a one-man podcasting production you realize that there are more steps than you thought, and it's not any easier to upload a podcast for you to listen to. But if you are listening to this on your platform of choice, then I, Velvet Tom, have been successful. It just takes time, folks. But thank you for being there for me. Thank you for listening. There's more episodes to come. Hopefully, if you like what you hear, please throw me a couple of ducats at my Venmo, at Velvet-Tom. I'd appreciate that. If you'd like to learn more about Velvet Tom, if you don't really know who Velvet Tom is, go to my Velvet Sanctuary at VelvetTom.com, where that is the portal for all things Velvet, folks. All my social platforms, my YouTube page, even the website itself is somewhat chortle-worthy. I think. So thank you very much for listening. More to come down the pike. Subscribe to my YouTube page. Send me a message via my contact page. Let me know how you're quarantining. Let me know what you think of the podcast. Weirdos are always accepted. Assholes will be blocked. I have no patience. This is the apocalypse. Thank you for listening and have a velvety day.